Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. This is our favorite thing to do every week, and we hope it's your favorite thing to do too. <laughs> and we're talking today about communication, and we're talking about lots of fascinating things to do with being a good communicator, speaking your truth, building rapport, how to you know improve your relationships both personally, professionally. This is actually a really great topic that's going to cover so many areas and so many different areas of your life. Don't you think, Jane? I think it's the absolute number one most important thing that we need to really put effort into mastering. Other than self-love. <laughs> Yeah, she will make it number two. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, self yes. still number one on the list. If you haven't heard that episode, go listen to that episode first. But communication is not far behind because it really as human beings, unless you're really, really fine-tuned to energy and body language and things like that, I mean, the communication is where it's at and we are in the age of information technology. You know, we are in the age of talking more and communicating more than we ever, ever have in the history of the world and yet most of the time we're saying absolutely nothing. Jane? Look, I have this come to me all the time. You know, at Social Work where I'm putting together dinners for three men and three women that are all single to be meeting, it's fascinating how many people really have lost the art of being able to communicate. And do you put that down to things like just too much phone use, too much internet use? Just what is that? I think it's that, but I also think that as people get older, they get busier in the routine of their life and they're not stretching and doing new things. And if you're not meeting new people, if you're not having new conversations, you're not in the art of building rapport with yeah. new people. I think it's fascinating because a lot of children as well, you know, children just don't seem to have the really polite etiquette sort of manners. You know, in the olden days, Children, you know, were taught how to speak to adults, how to answer the telephone and all those sorts of things. And we just kind of grunt now and we just sort of, I don't know, we've, we've lost a lot of those niceties. And, you know, I even think about Jane Austen's time. All people did was sit around and politely banter. Oh, here we go. This is the Victorian. <laughs> oh, I don't know if our listeners realise, but, uh, but Beck's a bit of a Victorian girl at heart. Yeah, but there's so <laughs> many amazing things about the world which we lost in about one to two generations. You know, the art of letter writing and being able to put thoughts down eloquently and articulately you know we don't even use you know thoughtfully placed words anymore we don't actually speak or write beautifully anymore i think we you know it's those fast are, it's about fast it fast is, fast it's fast. about fast and direct which is very alpha isn't it jane is that sort of very fast direct almost alien type yes. way of bang Controlling, bang bullet energy. make it happen yes and uh, so the slowing down that it's like the slow food fast food sort of movement it was almost like the slowness of communication we now have such a short attention span that you know if a sound bite on the news can only go for a few seconds you know if you go back to news in the 70s or 80s, you could watch somebody talk like a politician would talk for up to a minute or longer on the news, and now you only get a three-second grab. Wow. And radio is the same. It it bounces from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. So far, sometimes it's almost like an assault to your ears, like an information overload. It is, isn't it? So it is about, therefore, slowing down, isn't it? What I find happens a lot with people that are, are wanting to meet new people and engage in new conversation is that they become very nervous about wanting to be accepted. And so they start to project and they do lo- they do one or two things. They either talk nonstop and control all of the conversation and it's very boring for the other person and it's a, it's a assault of all about me so that you know me and you will like me or they're too scared to say anything for fear of being judged and so they, they have lost the balance. And really a good a good conversation needs to be a two-way street. It needs to be equal. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be a ping-pong match. You would say something 
You would throw a question to the other person or ask for their opinion on something. You listen to what they say. You then give a comment to them that says that you've heard what they've said and you validate each other in this conversation evenly. So if you find yourself as one of those people that is quickly one-upmanship and telling all about you. So if somebody's talking about how they had a beautiful run this morning, mind you, this morning was one degrees, but if you were, you know, walking, if you were out having a run this morning and you were sharing that, are you one of those people that would then say, oh, yes, I had a run too, but I actually went 20 Ks and you're one-upmanship all the time. You don't want to be doing this either. To build rapport is about respecting what the other person is saying, not making it become a competition. Because we've all been in those conversations and they're actually exhausting. You know, when somebody is just talking so much about themselves and they, you know, when you, there's those people that never, ever ask you a single thing about yourself and you can pick them. And sometimes they're actually very good friends. And, and they ask people, Fascinating. isn't it? My mum always comments on this. It's something she, she always picks up. You know, that's so-and-so. She says, I can have lovely time with her and I've even been on holidays with her, but I can listen. I can clock it. We can talk for you know, a whole lunch, an hour and a half, and she'll never once ask me a personal question about what I'm up to. I have some people in my life like that. It's quite interesting. What and a couple is that of, about, Jane? Well, a couple of years ago, I decided to not share anything unless they asked. And then I would get these comments of, I just heard from so-and-so that you're doing this, this, and this. You didn't tell me that. And I said, well, <laughs> you didn't ask. <laughs> oh, fine line. Some, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It was, but having said that, these aren't people that are rich and dear in my life. They're just people that are in my life. But it is interesting. It is interesting. And so that is not rapport building. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. rapport building is wanting, or you've got to set your intent first. So your intent is that you want to connect with another. Or is it that your intent that you want them to like you? You know, you've got to look, what is yeah. your intent? Yeah. So I think a lot of people have their intent of, I want to be liked. I want to be approved. I want to be uh, envied or whatever your intent is. I believe the best intent for rapport building is that I want to be connected. Ooh, that's nice. Because it's a two-way street. Yeah. And so yeah. I always, whenever I've got my clients coming in, I always, you know, I do a little prayer beforehand, but I will always ask for, uh, I will always set my intent as wanting to be connected. And to me, that means that it is both of us feel a connection of commitment to wanting to know something about the other person and to find some common ground, to find some good in each other, something yeah. that we like to see in each other. Yeah. So how do you go about doing that? So the first thing is to set your intent for connection. Then the next thing is to start looking at body language. You know, words really are unless you're doing a podcast, words really are only, what, 90% of communication. It can be argued some will say 70%, some will say 93%. But it is the majority of it is nonverbal communication. So you've got to become aware of what your body language is saying, what your uh, tone of voice is saying. So it might be the words are coming out. And haven't we all met those people who have been um, – uh, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and they've got the hidden agenda behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, and they'll say, I never said that. I said it was nice. I said I was very happy for them. And they're using their words as their defense, but everybody knows what their intent is behind those words. Yes. 
their intent, their energy that they've put behind it, it's a different tone. And so it always fascinates me when people try and play that game because I can read it so well. Oh, you can use words to be incredibly passive-aggressive. Yes. Know, you, you know, say one thing mean, another tone implies. Or yes. And, of course, that's the problem, isn't it, with when things get lost on email, like sarcasm or irony and all of that kind of thing can get lost. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm not a fan of, of, of using any of those methods in, in emails. Emails, you've got to be straight talking, really, you know, and, and don't don't use those method, me, bleh, don't methods. use those methods <laughs> for particularly important exchanges of information. If you really need to speak your truth to somebody, you know, or break up with somebody, you don't want to be texting this no, kind of stuff. No. It's not even fair. It's not fair. It's actually quite gutless, to be honest. I think so Absolutely. too. Absolutely. I feel that getting back to the body language, this is a skill that people really, really do need to perhaps look at embracing. You'll be amazed when you really start to study body language how much you really can give away about yourself that you're not wanting to give away Mm. or how your body language might be working against you. So the art of building rapport is to mirror somebody else's body language. So if you're meeting somebody for the first time, you actually mirror your body to be exactly what their body is as long as it's a positive body language. If the other person is feeling defensive and they've got defensive body language, which would be hunched over, their shoulders might be turned side on slightly away from you, their arms might be folded, they might be leaning a long way back or might be leaning sideways away from you. You don't want to mirror that because then you're both going for disconnection rapport building. What you want to do is mirror it but slightly make it warmer faced gently more in towards them, soften the arms, have the hands clasped instead of folded. And then as you do this, you watch, they will start to mirror your body language. But people do this unconsciously. If you've ever noticed when you're with a girlfriend having a cup of coffee and she'll rest her chin, her, 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 I can't speak today, chin on <laughs> chin hands, on hand. <laughs> you know what I mean, and you'll actually look down and notice you, you've adopted the same position almost subconsciously yes. and then she'll lean to her left side and you'll lean to her left yes. side. People do this when they're naturally in sync. Yes. So as Jane is saying, if you're in a situation where this is really required, say a job interview or something that's subtle. Oh, it's fabulous for in the work arena. You can begin to just very, very, it's, it is mimicking but it's done so subtly that nobody's aware no well this is all our politicians all our leaders use these sorts of methods to build rapport yeah and this is all nlp isn't it really well it, well it is yes which absolutely is, which neuro, is why neuro oh, linguistic programming um and uh, which is quite fascinating because when i recently did a course on it the reason i did it was that people for years have been saying to me oh you're an nlp practitioner and I, the first time I heard it, I didn't even know what they were talking about. The second time I heard it, I Googled it and realized I still didn't really quite get what it was about. So I went and did this course and realized a lot of it is about rapport building and it is the body language and it is the tone of voice and it is the and chosen words. The words you choose to speak. And when all of these are combined, they become so incredibly powerful that this is what the big names in the world, the Oprahs, the Obamas, major political leaders, this is actually the sort of training that they undergo with their the O's. All the big O's. You know, I was O'Donovan, shall I just put myself there? And Jane O'Donovan. Um, you know, this is this is how they're able to hold the attention of a stadium or, you know, of 100 million, whatever, thousand people uh, because they're, they're really utilising the, this, these powerful combinations of all of these things at once to communicate effectively and powerfully. Yes, yes, absolutely. One of the things that I also found really interesting um, is becoming aware of when somebody is not in rapport with you. And then are they deliberately choosing to not build rapport with you mm. 
And therefore, you now have the choice. You've got that. You've acknowledged that. Now the choice is, do I let this go or do I actually work on building rapport? So it's quite a powerful tool to be aware of when you can read somebody's not at all caring about being in rapport with me. It says everything. And I found it quite interesting that, uh, you know, there's been situations where I've thought, I just think I might just let this go. You know, it's (laughs) not, no, but it's just not necessary. It's not. There's, it's not necessary. There's so much energy that can be read between the lines. Yeah. There. But then there are other times where I've gone, you know what, this person's feeling uncomfortable. They're not in rapport with me. However, because of the situation I'm in, it's actually my job to help them to get into rapport. And now I'm going to use all these different skills to try and get them on the same page. And it's a very beautiful, fulfilling feeling when you do manage to soften them and get them in rapport and find that they do start mirroring your body language, that they do start to soften it, they start to be more authentic in engaging in conversation. And, you know, you've won someone over for whatever reason you're wanting to win them over, you know, if you're wanting to be connected to them. You know that famous book that's been around since like the 20s, what is it, How to Make Friends and Influence People that sold like 8 billion, oh, billion yes, copies? Yes, um, One of the things he says in there is, is uh, you know, sometimes just being a good listener makes people believe that you are the best conversationalist they've ever met because sometimes if you meet somebody and they do need you to talk about themselves nonstop and you do all the right things that, mm-hmm, uh-huh, and lean in on the hand and copy their body language and just listen, and at the end of the dinner party they'll say, that Jane, she was the be- that was the best conversation I've ever had and you actually didn't tell <laughs> them anything. Said anything. <laughs> didn't anything. But it really works. So I, don't, I can't imagine why you'd need to use that, I guess, in some situations if you need to placate someone or win someone around or yeah but it can also just be a good tool to help somebody to heal you know they just really need to be they just need to get their stuff out oh, jane jane said something brilliant this morning I said, oh I did could, i yes I, I actually had her to put this way and you really made me sit up and take, pay attention it was something about when somebody's coming at you in aggro if you hold a neutral space you begin to extract the truth. What was it? You, the truth, yes. How did you word it? You, that you withdrew. Oh, I don't know to, how I, I worded it. Was like, it but you said it brilliantly. If, well, if you're sitting neutral energy, so you're not projecting any tone, you're just in rapport, in genuine rapport of wanting to connect and not project, you can ask the questions and get the truth. Yeah, withdraw when the you're, truth. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that was how I said it, but uh, I don't know quite how I said it this morning. But when when you are speaking, when you are genuinely coming from kindness, the soul actually knows no resistance. So, for example, I had a very difficult conversation recently. Well, I thought it was going to be difficult, and I did sit in mutual energy, and I did ask a lot of questions that I did want this person's perception, this person's truth from. And I got it. And there were a few stings in there. There were a few things I didn't really like hearing. However, it was important that I heard it. Mm. And I did it in neutral energy with no reaction, nothing at all. There was no game playing. There was no repercussions for this person to speak their truth. My intent was that I wanted the truth so that I could then look at how a particular situation could be resolved. And so as I I heard this, yes, I, I then had that opportunity to exit the rapport that I'd done, that I had built elegantly, cleanly, nicely, and then I can go and process what I've heard, yeah. you know, the information that I've got. Yeah. And uh, it saves a lot of game playing. Oh, I think this is so fascinating. So speaking your truth is a really important sort of area of good communication. So when we look at relationships and we look at how couples handle communication and truth within their relationships, truth about the issues between them, what they really think and feel, two things tend to happen. They either go into a hot war or they go into a cold war. 
So the hot warring is where people really battle. They fight. They will scream and yell. They'll let it all hang out. They'll say everything they think, even if it does sting or it is hurtful, and they'll really go, you know, loggerheads with each other. But And the cold warring are the people who tend to take the negative things and, and the resentments and whatever and just push them down, push them down, never say anything, go along, say okay, it'll be fine, and they don't speak their truth. And that obviously creates actually a, a lack of love, a little coldness, um, which can build up obviously over years and often in, in divorce. So it's just good to be very consciously aware of how you choose to communicate with your relationships. And it's funny, isn't it, because some people will behave in a certain way professionally but then come home and behave in a different way you know, personally, so you can be a different person in your private and your professional relationships. I'm laughing at that because my poor husband gets all the time, oh, your your wife, her energy, she's so positive and uplifting and happy all the time. And he looks at them and says, you so don't live with her. Are you sure you mean the same person? But this can happen, and I've seen this a lot actually in my professional life. I've seen like often the head of head of the boardroom, male or female, is a very different creature at home with their their other their intimate other. So anyway, I think that good communication in a relationship is something that is modelled from parents. Okay, we're not really taught it at school. We're not unless you listen to Love Life podcasts as you're growing up. You're not going to be learning this kind of information just in the street. You know, so people tend to go into their serious adult relationships exactly subconsciously the same way they begin channeling the way that mum and dad handle their discussions and disputes. Yes, and so therefore if you're not having success with the way that you're communicating, perhaps start by having a look at how mum and dad did or do communicate and recognise that just because this is the way that you've learnt and this is the way you've always done it doesn't mean it's how the way you always have to do it. Mm. You know, that we you can change. People can change. Do you know I actually had someone say to me last weekend that they said, do you actually believe, Jane, that people can change? And I said, yes, absolutely. People do change. Yeah. And they said, no, people don't really change. Really? Yeah, I couldn't believe they said that. I said, yes, people do change. Have they never seen an example of it in their whole life? Well, it was. I actually ended the conversation there because I thought, you know, I can't be bothered going into this battle. <laughs> you know, let's talk about rapport. I let, exited that one. Um, but it was, it was an interesting concept because I genuinely believe people don't stop changing. Yeah. I think you can have some default patterns that when you're not consciously aware, when you're on automatic pilot, when you're busy, 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 when your resilience is down, you might be tired, you might be stressed. I think there's some default patterns that you go back to and you might find that with communication you go back to the old patterns of whatever it was that you uh, m- you mirrored or learnt growing up. Yeah. But if you can consciously 80% of the time be sitting in a new pattern, it doesn't matter if you slip back into an old pattern 20% of the time. It's what you do the majority of the time that's going to work best for you. Mm. So you can try some of these tools. Just start by sitting at a cafe and observing the people that go past and try and get into their energy, try and observe their body language and think, what can I tell about this person? What do I think that this person is feeling or where are they going or what do I think is going on by the way that they are moving and actioning? Then start looking at people that are perhaps in the coffee shop as um, pairs of people, not necessarily couples, but just, you know, two girls together, two guys, what it doesn't matter. And start to look at do you believe that they are building rapport for one another? And you'll start to realize that you can pick up on body language very easily, those that are disconnected, those that are having a bit of a tiff or they're not on the same page, you'll be able to tell from their body language. As you do this, I then want you to try and look for a good role model of good body language. And, and it doesn't have to be in a cafe. It could be, It could be in a movie. It could be on a television show. It doesn't matter. And start to mirror 
that person's body language and see how it feels. If you have your shoulders further back, does it make you feel better? If you have your chest opened more, does it feel better? Does that make you feel vulnerable? Do you feel better hunched over a bit more? Do you feel safer? Start to move your body around and get an idea of what your feelings are in connection with what your posture is. And then start playing with your voice. Start using different tones with different words and start to become more sing-songy in your voice almost. Like I find a lot of people deliver their messages very monologue. Yes. And they're wasting opportunities there that they could be building rapport. Mm. Yes. Jane, Jane can go into coaching for radio. Jane's got such a uh, – I think she's got a lot of theatrical and entertainment background as well. So Jane is very consciously aware of, of delivery. And, and, you know, and how, you know, the right tone to bring and things like that, which a lot of people, you've got to remember, just don't have any. I hear it with my, the, the storybooks. We get tapes for my children, which I play in the car and they tell stories. And I want to bang my head against the window. The number of people, like you said about the monotone, storytellers who deliver oh. stories in a monotone. I'm like, these are children. You've got to quite inject some passion into when you're, when you're telling anything it's life. actually quite fun to play with your vocal cords yeah so your vocal cords is just a muscle like anything else in your body that the more that you exercise it the better you'll be using it yeah and so it is really like um trying to copy different different accents is a really interesting one to do and something that all actors are required to spend a lot of time working on right yes yes absolutely yeah. yes yes and then doing the news reading you've got to do you know when you when you're doing acting you've got to then do all the news reading thing where yeah. you've got to sit and read the news out with you know monotone and then you've got to read it out with great excitement and drama and and, in, and it, it's it's a lot of fun in america they always send the news readers to around chicago area or whatever where they say you've got to model the voice that comes from that midland America because you can't do West Coast, you can't do East Coast, the tw- oh, down south, all the twangs and the variants and accent are too great, but they consider the most American voice to be the one right, oh, in, do the, they? right in the centre. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, I was just going to, I have to talk about written communication now because I'm a journalist um, and writing is in my blood. And I just, you know, back to, yes, Victorian age when we did used to write letters and things. Look, it is just so undervalued and underrated, the power of a handwritten note. And I'm talking about what about a post-it note stuck on your husband's, like on the free drawer in your son's lunchbox, you know? I used to leave love notes in my children's lunchboxes. In fact, I need to go back to that. Thanks for the reminder. And so you see, even the smallest communications, and I know that these days we tend to kind of get off and just do it on a text message or write on someone's Facebook wall, but just to take the time even to write I love you on a post-it note or a little patterned card and stick it in somewhere in a place somebody will find it in their purse. Well, I still get excited when I go out to the letterbox and instead of it just being bills and junk mail, that there is a hand-addressed letter and I think, oh, this will be something exciting. Yeah, I think I'm Just the beautiful. only person left I know that actually sends Christmas cards because so few people, unless you've got a thing for crafts and hobbies and cards, which actually yeah, Jane I does. do. But you know, people will always say to me, "Oh my God, I got a card from you in the mail. It's the only card I got." And you know, that person might have 200 friends, but people don't do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I just think we shouldn't. We shouldn't lose this art of, of letter writing and handwriting, and I think that we shouldn't undermine how powerful it will be because you get something on your Facebook wall, you delete it that afternoon. You get a card, you'll put it in the window for half a year. That's right. You'll put That's it in the fridge. Absolutely you right. might wrap it up with a ribbon and keep it under your bed and show your children later. So that leads us into love letters, which, you know, Dr. John Gray from the Mars Venus books, he talks a lot about if you are really angry with your spouse, sometimes rather you can actually just stop the argument mid-argument. So I just need some time to think. 
go into another room for 20 minutes and just write down your thoughts. Get them all out. And this is where journaling is so effective, isn't it? So therapeutic. Yes. Just yes. get out your shit on the paper so that when it comes time to deal with it again in real life, some of the charge is taken off it. So with a love letter, and this is going to lead into your sandwich method, Jane, it's a little bit of where you just you, you go through different categories of um, fear or shame or anger or hurt or whatever and you just say the things that make you feel certain ways and then at the end of it you do reiterate why you love the person and you also say the way that you, you wish them to respond. So you're actually saying what I really need to hear from you or what I'd like is this. Nice. Talk about your sandwich method, Jane. Oh, look, it's so simple but it's one of my favourites. Sandwich method is when you want to deliver something of truth to somebody that might be a criticism or it might be something that you feel a little uncomfortable comfortable sharing but you know you have to and so what I encourage people to do is to do the positive the negative the positive so I call it the sandwich where it's the ham the meat the ham no it's not it's the, it's the bread oh, the sorry ham. the bread the ham I got, <laughs> got your disease now the croissant <laughs> the cheese and the other bit of the croissant <laughs> okay so for example you have an, a, uh, an employee that you need to criticize for something and you know they're highly sensitive and you know they're going to take it really personally but you need to tell them that you need them to be a little bit more meticulous on a particular area of their work so you start with something really positive and you start saying you know Susie I think you're absolutely fabulous I'm so proud of you in our team you really lead the team well you're always on time you're reliable it's such an important thing that's that we have going on and I'm grateful for you doing that I would like it if you could pay a little bit more attention to your uh report writing at a preset perhaps if you could get those to a couple pages longer than they have been however I want you to really keep up the good work that you're doing because uh, you're a very valuable member of our team and looking forward to onwards and upwards from here yeah perfect isn't try, it try it with your mother and you know yeah, but you can you can do that with anyone you can do that with somebody you don't want to go on a date with in fact actually I, look I do talk about this more in a lot of examples in my my new book which is now in print Yay! how to get the date um which if you do want to buy janedonovan.com.au if you're single and dating and want to date um but I digress but there are there's a lot more that we can talk about on this sandwich method it's a very simple one. It's such a cool skill. I used to use this when I was uh, an entertainment producer and a choreographer, and I had some amazingly intelligent, very headstrong women in uh, a particular troupe, dance troupe that I had, and they were very competitive, and they really didn't like it if I could teach one of them in front of the others. You know, it was yeah. not good. So I used to use this all the time, and they actually thought I was praising them. Yeah. And so in their mind, I might be, you know, oh, you're doing this great, blah, 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 could you do that bit more, but, uh, you know, get that leg a bit higher, whatever, blah, blah, blah. All they're hearing is, oh, she's really happy with me, but I want, I want, I don't want to talk about my leg. I'm going to get that leg higher. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really motivational kind way of speaking your truth. Oh, I love it. Jane, I'm going to get you to tell everyone listening just for fun something you told me the other week, which I thought was fascinating oh gosh i hope i can remember you can and it's about how the royal family interact with the general public oh right okay look their role is to make every other person every person that they meet feel incredibly comfortable to show their truth and don't they do it well they do it brilliantly and who teaches they them? are the art well they they're all using nlp they are the they have the art of rapport building down pat they do that you would leave their presence feeling that they really liked you and that you're a bit special yes and you will share you will share your truth to them and they will then 
action whatever they need to action as a result of that. But, as, but really all they're doing That's is... That's a bit of said, cynicism of me saying that, isn't it? But it's there is that cynicism. Oh cynicism I can't even say the word. You're picking up me. I'm so tongue-tied today. But they're, they're holding up a mirror, aren't they? Isn't that what you said? They're actually giving you nothing of them. They're actually That's being right. a completely neutral front completely. Against, against which your personality then shines. Yes. So they make you feel special. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. They're very, very clever at it. Very clever at it. But, you know, but that is the, the height, here, Miss Victorian, yes. the height of really good manners, the best manners, is to make another person feel comfortable. Yes. That is the definition of good manners. Oh, I love it. So if somebody, if you're at a dinner party and somebody is eating with their fingers and everybody else is using the silver correct cutlery, the four courses from outside in and all of that, yeah. if you really want to be in rapport with that person, you pick your chop up and eat it with your fingers. Yes. You know? Yes. That's really what you do. Oh, this is almost like a whole other area of... <laughs> Well, yeah, but what good manners, good manners comes into rapport building, yeah. making another person feel comfortable. And we come right back to the very beginning, which my intent is always to be in connection with another. So I do what it takes to be in connection with another. Beautiful. I think we'll leave it on that note. So please uh, jump on board thewellnesscouch.com every Wednesday to hear our free podcast, Love Life, and of course, all the other great shows that we've got on the couch. We enjoy doing this. We love doing this. If you guys have uh, questions, comments, you've got ideas for topics you'd like us to cover, please just, that's what we're here for. So just jump on Facebook, message us, tell us on the wall, <laughs> do all those electronic communications we've just, I've just You could put food. pen to paper and write to us. Gift card. <laughs> Send us a gift card. <laughs> and we'll stick it on the on the fridge for, for a whole year and look at it and feel happy and warm and fuzzy. Yeah, inside, beautiful. Um, all right. So, uh, yes, please do so. And we will be here, of course, next Wednesday, as we are every Wednesday on the couch. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a beautiful Beautiful week. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.